Hello and welcome to Too Rash, Too Unadvised, The Will to Babble on Will to Battle. My name is Liam Nolan. Mine's Wero Kiryuki. And mine's Amy, the former anonymous. And today we are discussing chapters 16, 17, and 18. If you want to ask us any questions or be on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at tworash2unadvised at gmail.com. That's two is the number two, and I might check that email, so no spoilers, please, with that out of the way. And many thanks to our Lord and our Savior, Seth. And a model tyrant. While, of course, kill. Let's get on with the show. Okay. So things happened. Yeah. Poor Thisbe. Well, <laughs> I don't know about poor Thisbe. Um, right. So we open with Mycroft visiting Thisbe. Mm-hmm. Mycroft sounds like someone else in this chapter, um, but I don't know who it is that I'm thinking of. Are you thinking of I, someone in particular, or do you think he just sounds different? No, I think Mycroft sounds like another character in this book. Is it just because he says so few things? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, the maybe that is what it is. Is this the first time we've seen Mycroft do protracted dialogue in the story, as opposed to narration? Yeah, I don't know. It does seem more like another narrator would do because it is just back and forth and it's mostly Thisbe talking and Mycroft reacting with surprise. Mm-hmm. We've only heard three people write things for us, right? Sniper, in the story, Sniper, uh, Martin, and Mycroft. Do you think it's one of those other two or someone outside of the book entirely? No, that's not what I mean. I mean Mycroft's dialogue is reading mm-hmm. to me like the dialogue of I don't know. It's not Martin. It's not a Saladin. It's not really Saladin. Maybe it is Saladin. No. What does Saladin sound like? When do we get Saladin talking? Saladin sounds different ever since he got a. Uh, no, no. Back in became, book one. Yeah. Um. Eighteen. He gets Bridger, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we have them with Mycroft or Bridger. I think is really all we see. And I wouldn't judge his normal speech as what he's how he speaks with Mycroft, but... Mm-hmm. Mycroft also takes a turn when he starts talking to Saladin. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very unusual for Mycroft to be just responding and mm-hmm. thrown off by what someone is saying. Like, he's normally on top of where a conversation is, and he has no idea what Thisbe is talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's been living in her own little book herself. <laughs> Yes, Thisbe fully expects to be released presently to go mm-hmm. and do assassin stuff for other people. Um, I do want to mention that the first thing, one of the first things Thisbe does is to um, lift her her foot onto like the table. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Saladin, not Saladin, Mycroft immediately like starts saying, well, the prison can't take away the curve of her calf and the elusive slice of ankle that her boots usually hide. Um, which is not how I expected my car to respond to Thisbe. <laughs> after spending so long insisting that the relationship was purely platonic. Every woman is sex to him, remember? It's true. 
he does think that. Yeah, I'm probably reading too far into this narration stuff. Um, so we get we get one thing in this chapter that that I found very impressive. Mycroft, on a whim, physically tears a welded leg off of a chair. I mean, not entirely on a whim, but uh... well, it doesn't take him long, right? Oh no, uh, no, it's it's one quick movement, which yeah, he studied, he would know. Yeah, my impression is that like his, his comment about this being the prison that he'd be kept in is that he's he's studied how to tear the legs off these chairs quickly. Okay, hear me out though. They are welded. Like you can study bars but, of iron all day. Uh, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to fold one into a pretzel on command. No, no, that's so, different. Welded is a weakness. It's not a strength. It's not like because bars of iron are one solid piece, but if you weld something, you're putting two pieces together, and so that's their weak spot. And he knew that's where the weak spot would be. The weak spot of welded metal is on the still weld. Still isn't that south. weak? Well, it's right. not that weak, but you know, the right physics <laughs> will make it fairly easy. You can probably use a, uh, the chair like, as a lever too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a, lever. a leg is pretty easy to tear off. Have you tried? other things i have i'm not saying easy versus like a chicken leg but uh, (laughs) versus like bending the seat in half it's a lot easier to tear the leg off i would also be incredibly impressed if mycroft bent a chair in half right Um, (laughs) in, in any way uh the the really short version of this chapter that i've already mostly gotten through my thoughts on is Mycroft wants some some interview stuff from Thisbe. Thisbe doesn't like it. Mycroft gets medium angry about it. Um, <laughs> and starts carving his way through a prison wall to get her. And then he thinks about Bridger, and it's implied that he just kind of stops and collapses into a heap. What do you, what do you think happened at the end? Do you think that was just uh, an errant thought about Bridger? Do you think that Thisbe panicking and tried to stop him. I think Thisbe had a limited number of smell things mm-hmm. that she could possibly have access to. Um, mm-hmm. Like, unless unless we're going to say that Thisbe can weaponize literally the smell of her own sweat. Oh, would I put that past Thisbe? I don't know that I would, actually. <laughs> now that you're calling me on it, I'm, I'm a lot less confident. Uh, I just think Mycroft is a deeply fragile person at this point in the story. Well, and it's hard to talk about this without getting into the next chapter. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's fascinating to me is that Mycroft is writing writing this two months after it happened. But like the way he writes, it seems very stream of consciousness what was happening in the moment. So, mm-hmm. I think it helps that Mycroft is pretty out of it at all times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I think there, there's probably an extent to which he is much more literally than people usually mean, reliving this as he writes. Very fair, very fair. Um, I do want to comment about the Hurstid uh, Vesta compound. I think all of the prisons so far we've seen are not just like, um, ran- so this is actually a real place, and it is, as far as I can tell, the Alcatraz of Denmark. Oh. Um, it is Which the is place nice. where they... Um, yeah, it's the place where they keep, they say psychopaths who are not allowed to keep, be kept in the open prisons of, uh, who weren't allowed to be kept in the open prisons in Greenland. Uh, 
You mean the open prisons in Denmark, or...? Apparently they have a, another level of prisons in Greenland, or had them in the 1940s or something. Wow. Yeah. I don't know why people keep trying to send prisoners to live in, like, desolate wastelands, but they keep doing it. Um, <laughs> why wouldn't you send... What? What are you talking about you don't what? know why we're sending prisoners to live in desolate wastelands? That's the... That's, like, my number two choice for a prison. What's number one? <sighs> Probably a desolate island. Fair enough, I guess. Um, I guess it... Like, you don't want to use good farming land just to put prisoners on, and you don't want to put them right next to the city. I think... Um, so the other prison that I we mentioned where we see inside of um, is Almaloya de Juarez, uh, which is, I think, in the Wikipedia page, literally called the Alcatraz of Mexico. <laughs> and that's just in the city, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, most prisons are in the cities. Yeah, but I think there's a chance that the city grew up around it because it's a lot. There's like there's like a hundred people in Hervester, and there's like mo- much more than that in Juarez. Mm. It's a real shame that a prison with such great brand recognition as Alcatraz shut down. Is that what you want from prisons? Brand recognition? It's what some people want from prisons, like investors. <laughs> oh no. Look, I'm not saying that I think we should necessarily have privatized prison complexes. I'm not trying to take a stance on that. I'm just saying if you it's were like going losing to. the Velcro of Velcro. <laughs> but does brand recognition think... really help in making money in prisons? Because it's just the more people you have is generally what... I wouldn't think the name would matter much. Yeah, right? I... I bet you I could sell Alcatraz branded prison merch. Well, yeah, that you can sell them now, right? Yeah, but I you can't. Sure. You can you can leverage that a lot harder if you can say like, "Hey, here's a, I don't know what people who are into prisons are into. Um, here's a key that was cut by a worker in Alcatraz. People would pay money for that. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again. <laughs> I'm not taking any moral stance on this. <laughs> I'm just saying it's true. Yeah. Uh, Thisbe is pretty upset here that no one's coming to get her. Mm-hmm. We should move on to the next chapter now. Well, she also doesn't gonna believe be... it. Yes. Well, there's going to be a lot of back and forth between these two. They're basically one chapter. Yes. Yeah. Tell you, that was disappointing in my reading. I heard 16, <laughs> 17, 18... I was thrilled. And then five pages later, I hit seventeen. We could we could have been mean. I could have given you sixteen alone. No, you could not. You realize you're hitting my schedule in like not that long, right? Yeah, I have to. I have to. I don't know. Flex my muscles while I have them. <laughs> I guess I'm not going to be able to dictate our speed. Uh, yeah, fair. So we have a fantastic line in here um, from Achilles, mm-hmm. who seems to be in a bit of an upset mood. Hisby um, <laughs> asks, who sent you? And Achilles says, rage. <laughs> That's a great answer to that question. It's a really good thing he's already had his character growth. Um <laughs> This is, uh, as I said before, um, the first word in the in the Iliad in Greek. Just rage. Well, he's in a really bad mood. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Thisbe tried to break Mycroft, who well, I guess I'm just 
presuming is for real Mycroft. Why would you think it's not Mycroft? I don't know. I have no <laughs> textual answer for this. I've read it three times, and it just doesn't sound right to my ear. Ah. Well, I think there's a reason for that. There's a there's a comment Mycroft makes in the chapter. Um, I was the reawakened beast, freed by Jehovah's discovery that God's universes do not die if they do, freed to prowl and pray again as she had never seen in a decade-long feigned friendship. So I think this is... You talked, you talked last chapter, last episode, about the uh, a beast Mycroft which reawakened when Mycroft went home. Yeah, uh, but he's been that for, like, a long time. I don't think he typically is. I think he's no, philosophically he... freed, hmm. but he doesn't inhabit the persona he did during his murders often. Yeah, in Martin's been... chapter, there's the mention of, oh, in one of the cases he was doing a test, Mycroft's younger self came out, and they had to chill him down again. So <laughs> this feels like <laughs> another instance of that. Yeah. If I wasn't so sure Saladin was a dog, I'd be pitching this as being Saladin. Well, it I just guess... seems so true that Saladin's a dog. It, it doesn't read like Saladin to me, because it, it, Mycroft seems, I don't know, circumspect, uh, especially at the All beginning. Right, how about this? I have some text that seems directly unlike Mycroft. When he's trying to think of something to pair Thisbe to, he compares her to a tick. As Our Mycroft, <laughs> who's been writing these books, would never pass up the opportunity to compare <laughs> Thisbe to some sort of mythical Greek tick. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how little he thinks of her in this. Like, he normally he comes says, up with great metaphors, and here he just has, you're a tick, and you think you're you a vampire. Better. He says something poetic and exciting, like a vampire. I call bullshit. Mycroft... Coming up with something poetic and exciting does not land on vampire. I think mm, I think the Mycroft we see who has all these metaphors and stuff is the Mycroft that is allowed to sit down and write something, as opposed to the Mycroft in the moment. Like some people are like really great writers and um like in person, they're they're not so quick on the draw for jokes. Uh so maybe Mycroft is one of those, and this is just like the actual transcript of what happened. You don't think he has a dozen comparisons lined up, ready to go in advance for everyone in his life? But does he normally <laughs> say them out loud? He says them to us, the reader. But I'd have to go through. I haven't thought about this before, so I don't know how often he says them out loud. But I know, I know. He, early at least in... with Martin, he does. In the mid, while he is being punched in the head and under an immense amount of stress, he connects Martin to a character in Candide. But he literally just yells Martin the Manichaean and just... But that's flirts. where his head was at a real low point. And you're telling me here he's going to ticks and vampires? I don't buy it. There's something <laughs> There's something wrong with this chapter. And I, 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 I can just not quite grab a hold of what it needs to be for it all to make sense. Anyway, he attacks the wall, blah, blah, blah. Achilles is mad at Thisbe. No one is going to get Thisbe. Everyone is right to not get Thisbe. Well, I think Achilles has some very interesting... It's interesting that the people who are talking about this are Achilles and Thisbe. Um, right, because Achille we get the... Mm -hmm. Sorry, continue. Because Achilles says things like, Be a natural betrayal murder of your lovers, your three lovers. 
Um, and Achilles goes okay, on back about up. yeah. That's the stuff that caught your eye in it. Not that Achilles is immune to smell tracks. I mean, that also caught my eye. This is the first chronologically in the text. Well, All even right, before that, I, there's a line that caught mm-hmm. my eye that is so important to my brain, and yet I don't think was brought up in the book previously. Mm-hmm. This me points out that OS can't work anymore. Uh, I, I keep thinking of the the Jurassic Park line, except swapped. Everyone's so preoccupied with whether or not they should. They don't stop to think if they could because once people know about os how could it work like you your actions when someone dies in an accident are going to be different than your actions when someone is killed for the greater good you just keep making it look like accidents yeah but people will know now every accident they'll no, be they like won't. this might be os yes they will because I think you can't that, buy that. And then it becomes a religion, and everyone's like, oh, it's like God chose, but OS is our God. And it's very weird. I think you have to stop doing the thing by cars, right? Just to maintain people's sanity. Yeah, but that's fine. They still have Kato. They don't have Kato. Kato was arrested. (laughs) Well, Well, it turns out he was unarrested. Um, But then I feel there's a point there. Like, like now, whenever someone dies, there's there's a part of you that's sad... But there's a part of you that goes to say, well, he died for the greater good. Which, which was just not possible before, really. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think people are better at base rates than you're suggesting. Uh, <laughs> you don't think people, after having this huge thing where, hey, there's a bunch of accidents that happened that were actual murders, wouldn't then mm-hmm. try to see meaning in accidents around them? Because people have done that even when they weren't told explicitly that accidents have meaning. Because... Yeah. People are being murdered for like, for, greater good. for maybe six months, people are going to be really thinking <laughs> about the OS stuff a lot. Um, like maybe it'll drift through your mind if you know someone who was killed in an accident. But I think you'll mostly go back to living your life. Oh, no. Hey, that's, I, that's true. No, <laughs> I don't see that at all. And it's like that thing, people are killed by OS, though. It's like that thing where like someone um, is like a, a serial killer. And people start seeing the serial killer, like, across the country, um, across oceans even, um, except it's so much bigger than that, because now there's, like, a massive court case, and you have to, you have to spend a lot of time thinking about whether you want this to continue or not, yourself. And I think after all of that, it's just going to be indelibly marked in your mind, especially if you're t- fighting, maybe fighting a war about it. And at the end of the day, it's like OS, all their data that they've worked from is based on no one knowing about OS. So it would be impossible to pick the right person and figure out how the dominoes would fall down when they don't actually have data on, okay, people now know about this. How would they react to that? It would take some time for OS to work again because they'd have to keep doing it and keep trying until they find out (laughs) what works, (laughs) which people would be happy about. (laughs) Thisbe does seem to think that, and I think Thisbe knows more about OS than I do. So perhaps you're right. But that just throws me that no one else is talking about that. They're all talking about the morals and not the actual practical application. Uh, there were a couple of other notes I have here in the chapter. Uh, I want to be like the sad point. So Achilles um, declares Thisbe's murders unnatural, um, whereas like the the, the lead up to these to these the set, these things about nature is a bunch of work by about the sads, right? And so, like, according to the sad, it's not natural. It, sorry, it is natural because Thisbe wanted to. 
<laughs> Whereas Achilles takes the exact opposite view that because Disney was not forced to it and just but she did it by her choice, then it's not natural. And it's interesting to see that you almost see like a, a, a sense of what a typical person in this world would view about these things. I mean, they're not typical, right? It's the same thing as when we try when someone one of our guests previously Which one called. Do you think is typical? <laughs> it's the yeah, same I'm thing when sorry. our previous guest called um. Oh, the stranger senator, typical. Uh, like even though they're an Olympic champion, they're not a politician. And even though these people are incredibly unusual, one's an assassin, one is reborn Achilles, neither of them are quite so enamored of the Enlightenment as all of our other characters. You, I feel like you dodged the key question, which is, which one of these two <laughs> characters are you telling me is typical? <laughs> typical in their caring about Enlightenment. Not typical in any okay. other sense. Okay. Right. Which one, though? Both. What? Then what? You think these are both the typical view? Yes. I don't even know what to make of that. Um, one of them is actually Achilles, presumably. Yeah. Unless Achilles doesn't really care about the Enlightenment. Neither does Tisby. Yeah, but they're they're coming from very. They have very different views. Oh yeah, they have different, <laughs> different views, but none of them really engage with the the, the views qua enlightenment. They just sort of declare that, like Tisby doesn't say actually what I did was natural. She says, "Well, I'm effective," um, and Achilles doesn't say actually what you did was unnatural, um, natural because it um, doesn't accord with um, uh, with like some broader natural principles about family or love, but rather. Providence didn't act for her. She wasn't fated to do her actions, and therefore nature didn't. Therefore, it's unnatural. I think Thisbe might have gotten into some of that, but Achilles didn't allow it. I don't think Thisbe cared. To her, the morals don't matter. Just yeah. the end result. Uh, I think she just likes yeah, killing people. I, I wouldn't call. I would actually say they, they're typical, but they're typical of their times versus the Enlightenment. Achilles is more ancient. Mm-hmm. And so his his response to killing someone you love for no reason because you just want to is is of his time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he even mentioned something about it, calling it a poison, which that is the idea of poison being the coward's way is such a kind of old I idea. Think, mm-hmm. I think he's Especially calling Thisbe a poison. But. but also, I don't think Thisbe is at all typical of her time. With regard, to the, with regard to the Enlightenment? With regard to, like, first of all, the Enlightenment was, like, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, I'm positive I can find philosophy in the Enlightenment that's totally on Thisbe's side here. Well, Second, yes, I can. Kind of, yes. Decide. Decide is on Thisbe's side. It, it is deeply untypical of the Terra Ignata world to be this cool with Desaad. Thisbe is the character who went to Madame's and fit in immediately. They are just not a typical (laughs) example of the world. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Maybe. In fact, not only fit in, if I'm remembering this correctly, she just strolled onto the couch next to Madame and started making giggly faces with her, right? No, uh, Madame puts Carla on the couch next to her to make Carla uncomfortable. Thisbe... Was very happy with this, uh, and justified it in a in a, with a variety of means. Anyway, it's probably the correct thing to not get Thisbe. 
Fisbee's weird emotional control makes her very difficult to trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. But uh, uh, as you commented earlier, apparently Achilles is immune to smell tracks. Well, because he hasn't seen movies. Apparently. That's weird. <laughs> this this is... I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, and I, I went to a movie recently with my roommate, mm-hmm. the, the new Cyrano musical. And we had both seen the stage version of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And so afterward, I was talking with him. And there was one song that we both really loved on the stage version. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I was weeping through it. And he was like, yeah, the moment they played the first note of it, I was in tears. Uh, and so it, it's that kind of reaction where because we've experienced it, because we've known it, we know the reaction that we're supposed to have to this kind of music. Uh so we're not even experiencing it real time. It's that memory and everything tied together. So I think that's how smell tracks work as well. I, I like to compare them to soundtracks. Mm-hmm. But obviously, we haven't been raised with them and don't know how they work. <laughs> what I found more interesting is the other soldiers were affected by them. Yeah. So apparently, they're watching movies and <laughs> getting but smell tracks. doesn't. He just like doesn't go to movie night, apparently. Nope. <laughs> Do you think... Oh, Fisbee huh. is like one Oscars. Do you think Fisbee went to the soldiers and was like, do you want to see the movie I won awards for? And the soldiers were like, yeah. And Khalees was like, no. And then <laughs> that's how this started. <laughs> it hadn't occurred to me that the other soldiers weren't immune. And he says it's because of the movies. So you can't even make a, well, it's because he has divine blood claim. I mean, it um, could be. Achilles might be like making something up. Or it could be both. Or it could be both. No, Achilles says it's because he doesn't watch movies. Yeah, yeah. So he definitely doesn't watch movies. But yeah. it could be actually Divine Blood saving him. Though I don't <laughs> I have no evidence of that. <laughs> so it's a stretch. It's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, he could have. Has he tried crying near an ocean recently? What? What? Is about the Thetis? Is that what's happening here? Because that's the... Yeah. The, yeah. I should have waited for a for a a martyr episode to make that joke. It's like the first thing he does in the <laughs> Iliad is he gets upset and he literally cries at the ocean until his mom shows up, and then he <laughs> demands that things be done for him. That's true. I never really thought about that impression of Achilles. Achilles gets upset though because like not for good reason, but like for reasons. It's it's very not a good reason. Like it's not even <laughs> almost a good reason. I want to own somebody as property, but you own the person as property. Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then we hit Terra Ignata, which is a big Apollo chapter. Mm-hmm. What 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 do I have in my notes here? Um, it looks like the first one is from pretty late in because I I don't I didn't write anything down until Utopians haven't been alone since the war started. So. Oh wow, ooh. that is late. Uh, Who else was taking notes? Well, <laughs> my, my first note on it was on the first page when uh, Prospero requests a mason. Mm-hmm. And we get the discussion that that way he's putting the masons on trial as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we went over this actually in the last episode. Um, oh, okay. I think it definitely makes sense. It's the right to, call. Because uh, Martin talked about how he just. The Empire, as the only legitimate ruling body of humanity, of course has the right to kill. Um, which is just like a whole sentence and a half. Okay, so I don't think that's what he said. That's but thanks what for he reading said. into it. 
<laughs> he says the Empire as the legitimate ruling body of all humanity. That's not the words he says exactly, but that's like the idea behind them. For sure. That's like the claim that the Masons make, right? Okay. All right. Okay. Sure. So anyway, uh, it is the right call, and it turns out to be correct. The Masons, with their capital power, should be devoted to maintaining this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they do a good job. They definitely pick their side and stick with it. But, but I also want to... not very interesting to talk about. I do want to mention... No, I think it is, because it, it, it occurs in a context. So we're going we're gonna to get to the, the, the judgments at the end. But... Um, Mason also chooses Zhao Lu as the judge. <laughs> and Martin's like a part of the prosecu- prosecutor's team. And this is just... And Minecraft has whole sentences about how this is fine. Actually, since Zhao Lu has seen how Minecraft doesn't like cauliflower, and he shovels around the house sleep days, that this is okay. Um, but <laughs> learning that the judge, my judge and prosecutor are literally married would put a damper on my expectations for the trial. <laughs> and yet he doesn't and succeed yet. so yeah that isn't ideal but that is one of the things you get when you have the system set up the way you have it set up <laughs> so one question uh, is so... who does Mason choose the the judge yeah so do you... okay I mean Mason chooses everything through the Masons because well the Mason well, the, they asked for a Mason as judge does Romanova choose the Mason judge, or does Mason choose the Mason judge? Mason, because I think we Mason get the probably dis- chooses the judge. We get the discussion of the cousins and how uh, Cookie pushed to have a nurturous judge as the selection for you know. I, oh, okay, it looks yeah. like every hive picks their judge for the trial, and mm-hmm. then prosecution and defense pick from mm-hmm. those judges. Although they don't know who the judges are, presumably, but. Yeah, they just know uh, the hive. Presented to it's presented to us in the order that you choose the hive, and then the hive chooses a judge. But you could, if you were a hive, just like have decided in advance who your next judge is going to be. Well, they could Romanova ask all the hive. Picked, uh, mm-hmm. Romanova picked Martin like four months ago, though. Mm-hmm. It also could be the case that they um, pre- they ask all the hives to just pre-select judges to put them in like an envelope or something. Yeah, probably expedite things and also that would make it more uh fair because that way they couldn't respond to be like oh they're picking us okay we gotta (laughs) (laughs) or even oh the hive picking that person we have to pick this person in response to that yeah yeah so uh occam does very well during his trial oh i have things before that um you have things before that well, I was yeah. going to say, it's the it's third the, the, paragraph. The Apollo oh, wait. <laughs> no, that's well, later. I have things before that. Yeah, it's a whole page and a half later. It, it, it isn't. It is paragraph three. Prospero was beautiful that first day, that first week, the second week, the third. As balanced in statue. I didn't realize how long this sentence was. <laughs> but we don't actually get uh, Occam's testimony until later. Prospero. Mm-hmm. However... Okay, what's your what's your thing? My thing oh. is, uh, so Zhao Lu has a whole speech about how um, we have to reject notions that have to do with geography in this trial. And they have a list of things, um, which I think are interesting. So one of the things that are, they have the typical things like homeland, foreignness, nation, um, patrimony. 
But a lot, some of the things they they have are citizen, subject, birthright, and birth debt, which I think are interesting things to say are are properties of geography and of the old order rather than their new system, which only has members. Yeah, I'd also never heard the term birth debt before. Yeah, that's I don't know what <laughs> I hope it's not a real thing. Probably I mean, it is. definitely is. It's it's a yeah. real. Uh, Culturally, there's definitely the idea of the sins of the father and all that, but mm-hmm. to have that well, we've laid out. It, uh, not necessarily in North America, but there are places where you can be held accountable for your parents' debt. Oh, yes. Oh, it's fun. I'm, I hear mostly the opposite, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but citizenship is particularly... Because um, it's interesting to me how... Terragnata has like a, the opposite valence on birthright citizenship um, that I do, I, I guess. Um, because for me, birthright citizenship is, is, a, is an element of a kind of liberty. You don't have to worry very much about... Um, you don't have to parse a lot of hairs around who is a citizen, citizen where. Whereas in Terragnata, the according to the history of Terragnata, the US has used its birthright citizenship and its uh, ability to say that everyone who's a citizen's child is a citizen to call up people for their to pay their taxes, even though they, even if they don't live anywhere in the U.S., and then to try to draft their children. Mm-hmm. Sorry, what do you what do you mean in Terragna? I pay American taxes now. Yeah, no, I yes, uh, same. What? Um, it well, isn't usually you're, you're portrayed suggesting... as as an element of tyranny. Because not many people go. F- Sorry, I keep interrupting people today. I, I apologize. I'm not trying to. I think there's an unusually long delay going on. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, simply that because not many people go through it, and it's not relevant for. Uh, you get the sit amount up the um, pay scale, and the U.S. doesn't really view non-resident citizens as like a huge tax base. Whereas in in the world of Terragnata. Um, by the time they have the church work, they, they have like like three of the three, yeah, three of the um, of the first hives are just car systems, car travel systems, uh, and so you already have this sort of dispersed citizen body, and so you have to tax them if you want to tax people who you call citizens. Yeah, yeah. Have we actually gotten a lot on how the hives fund themselves? Like the hive equivalent to the IRS must just be a terrible job. <laughs> uh, I mean, do you pay sales tax? To who? Do stores have to report seven different sales taxes based on the reported hive membership of the people who shop that with them? Oh lord! Oh wow! Well, maybe the sales tax only there applies geographically because where the shop is will have its own laws. Yeah, maybe it's like only city taxes, and then like um. Maybe you have an income tax for citizens, for hive members. Well, then you must withhold different amount. Because there's no way they all agree on the same amount of income tax. No. Maybe it's like a business about must it. just be a mess. I could see okay. a business degree in Terra Ignata actually being worth something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like each hive has their own thing and they'll do their own thing. And there's probably loopholes to get around everything because you could have different hives in different places, but yeah. Do, do Black Lost pay taxes? I guess not. 
can't. Surely not. not. <laughs> well, or maybe they have to pay. Maybe they pay taxes on any goods they purchase for the hive of the seller. Yes. Although they like could if just... I was... Basically, mm. I'm proposing a Black Law tariff. To, <laughs> to sort of extract some more cash from the Black Laws. And the Black Laws, according to the Eighth Law, won't, won't get too up and outs about it. As long as it's not a, a Black Law. Hmm. Do you think Brillist was the right choice? No. Oh, no. Who else would they have taken, though? Cousin. There is already a cousin. You wanted them to get an extra cousin? It's not really no, a cousin. It wasn't a cousin. Yes, the... It was Mason and Grey Why wasn't there a cousin? Well, <laughs> Sorry, no, it's, it's, it's described that cousins are generally seen as the lenient ones. And I feel like Prospero was kind of saying no to that. And also maybe was afraid that murder would be an issue. But, yeah, I think, uh... <laughs> I think the cousins would have reacted poorly to the... Um, like usually they're lenient, and maybe they'll be lenient to Occam, but they will for sure say in a tarot not that this is like not a good thing, and that s- someone this should be illegal. Absolutely. If I was prosecuting, I would want a cousin. Mm-hmm. They didn't yeah. choose a cousin; they chose a prelist, which actually ended up directly batting them ass according to the text, because at some point the prelist judge started threatening people with contempt if they didn't. But that was just think, on the set set stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which was ridiculous. I'm very fair of the Brillis judge to do that, I think. But uh I think it's I think maybe you can ask them to do a different language. I think threatening people with contempt is maybe far. I don't know. I don't know quite how I wonder what if any judges have any limits on the powers in their courtroom. I know in the US a judge's courtroom is essentially like whatever they can do whatever. Which sometimes can lead to problems with like some bad judges, but yes, usually is is fine, but interesting. But yeah, the, the whole nation notion of everyone keep saying things like "set set" was mm-hmm. completely outside of the purview of the trial, and was like, "Stop!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and fair. it turns out Jehovah was at Daraway set set. <laughs> Once again, I totally called it. Uh, <laughs> that's what people are calling him. That doesn't mean that's what it means. <laughs> Uh, I think my claim was that someone would make this silly claim. Oh, no, you that- claimed specifically that Jehovah was, unlike, say, Dominic, actually a set set. Then I back up whatever train of thought I was in the middle of at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how it says even Jehovah was called a set set. Jehovah is the most set set-like person to come out of the, the tower. Yeah, there's something physically wrong with his brain. Um... <laughs> Well, I think it's usually fine. The wrong comes into contact when you want to make him emperor of all mankind. But uh, Also, don't throw him across the room. He'll be very confused. Mm-hmm. And that's usually Look, fine. It just shouldn't be... <laughs> He's been a... around for too long, right? He should have learned what moving is like. <laughs> well, no one... I'm, I'm going to get he... sucked into that if I continue it again. <laughs> okay, let me not feed sorry, into that sorry. thing. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so here's here's my issue with a lot of this chapter. Mm-hmm. Most of the trial, I think, is just kind of reasonable. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I can't get into any good rages over it because it, <laughs> it pretty much makes sense. Yeah, seems fine. Um, so I at the chapter two, I uh, talked about. Trials being used to uh, in the Oresteia, in the Oresteia, 
being used to 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 bring peace among the gods and to resolve the various contradictory duties humans had up to them. And I made a comparison to this trial. This trial could be used to resolve the contradictory duties people had to the various hives and Romanova. Do you think it was resolved enough? Can you can you define enough? Because I I sense a trick question. It's not it's not a trick question. Because like in in the in the Rosea, they were fully going to like um Athena was going to kill people, and then also the Trades were going to kill people, and the trial prevented both of those things from happening by giving bits and things to both of them, and also by threatening the jury. But like it it resolved the actual conflict among the gods. I think I think the trial has sufficiently determined the way that hives interact with each other within the context of the trial. I think they've come to a satisfying and full answer. I don't think public opinion cares. So okay. for that definition of enough, no. Okay. But I, I do think that they have nailed down what this conflict was mm-hmm. and pretty satisfactorily come to a conclusion on it. Well, I want to say that like the, the trial in the is like fundamentally not like a trial in the way we would hope trials work like they don't consider evidence they don't consider um reasoning about various moral theories uh the two the prosecutors threaten the jury and then the defense threatens the jury uh, and then they both bribe the jury and they have to like consider which one they would want to go with okay so like fundamentally the thing i'm talking about is not like the internally or the internally satisfying but that outside context which you say wasn't resolved well, I don't think there was any chance that they could resolve. The outside cut, they could have come up with anything during this trial. People were still going to have riots. Like, the riots had been decided before this trial ever started. Mm-hmm. Now, they did a couple good things. Releasing to everyone uh, those notices about how they were personally saved by OS. Mm-hmm. Smart move. That wasn't totally the trial. But that, that, yeah. that wasn't the trial. I'm pretty sure that was Sniper and Company. Yeah. No, but it, Okay. Are we talking about the trial or the context around it? <laughs> Did the trial solve the problem of the conflict between the hives? Well, and it explicitly the hives didn't not- ever have solved. No, that they have okay. a recommendation, the court order, uh, mm-hmm. to draft legislation to actually settle that because they're like current law is up in the air about this, mm-hmm. so we need to establish law about what this is. So mm-hmm. it will in the future resolve things, but they're just like, oh yeah, our law doesn't say anything about it yet, so we got to work on that. I think that a that if we're looking at the questions that the trial cares about, mm-hmm. those questions were answered. But the questions the trial cares about aren't, and never were, the questions that were causing the riots to happen. I don't They're think that's true. Also, there. No. What could? All right. What answer do you think could have stopped people from doing all the riots? No. The questions the trial is about, um, at least partially are about the conflict between people who think OS is needed and people who think we can move beyond OS. The, you know, the Sniper faction and the and the Jehovah faction. This trial didn't answer that a question, and maybe couldn't have. That's but what it trial is. Was about. It's about yeah, the trial's OS. not about that. No, it's, a, it's about Occam Sinir. And it, it's about OS and an idea, but it's not about yet whether or not that was legal. They left that off. They're just like, we need to figure that out, but they did the let... Question, the big question the trial is about is to what extent do hives have the authority to kill people? Yeah. They answered it. Maybe they're going to change it? Sure. You can write new legislation, you can draft new law, but 
they said, hey, we checked. Laws as written, uh, what OS was doing was technically allowed. That was yeah. answered. But that isn't but it doesn't, what the problem causing the riots was. The riots are at least caused partially by the conflict over the how right OS was. The trial resolved a the legal question. The trial is question. not about the morality of OS. Well, it's fine. But, like, that's not the... I'm pointing to a different idea of trial. The trial in the Orestea <laughs> isn't about whether Orestes should have killed his mother. Ostensibly it is, but everyone doesn't talk about that. They talk about the top threatening the jury. Okay. Well, then, if you mean something other than the trial that's laid out in this chapter... <laughs> I don't... Explain... I'm asking whether it, it fulfilled a different function. I don't think it did, as you, as you talked about, right? It didn't resolve the, the, the public opinion about the question uh, about, about, about OS. And maybe it couldn't have never, but I'm pointing out it didn't. And it, maybe it could have. Like, like, I guess I guess my point here is that's such a weird thing for you to assume the trial was going to try to do or had any... No version of this trial was ever going to resolve public opinion on OS. Okay. Because it's just not what it was. Okay. Yeah. Before we got too much further into things... Mm -hmm. Uh, do you guys agree with the timing of the release of the book? They actually call it the greatest of distractions. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> On the basis that it's a good distraction? <laughs> yeah. A distraction from what? I don't think we know. Because it's clearly not for the from the trial. And who is it that's agreeing? Ansele, Kosala, Mason, and Jehovah. All think now we need to distract people from something. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was that got them all in the same boat was probably a good point. Yeah, I think they're distracting from the set set issue itself. Yeah. And so giving them, hey, here's everything that laid out. You have to sit down and read this long book. <laughs> probably <laughs> helped. Oh, well, if if that's true, which I don't want to commit to it being, then no. It was released at the dumbest possible time. <laughs> because I've been someone who sat down and read and talked about that long book, and it only made me angrier about the set set issue. <laughs> <laughs> there are like it does make sense. There's some like lines in like um the first two books was where where um where Minecraft starts comparing Dominic and uh set sets in like strange ways if you haven't like read the third book where apparently it was already in the air do you have an example of one yeah when dominic madame uh dominic tries to become a monk madame has him kidnapped and raped and uh Minecraft's like well you think that's bad but dominic's a set set and set sets are good uh and if you uh don't agree with set sets well then mason will come after you and it's like such a wild string of claims is that in book two? Um, yes. Okay, good. Then I'll, I'll catch it on the reread. <laughs> um, <laughs> Chapter four. I, I, oh, and apologies to uh, everyone. I said I was going to do the reread the week before recording, but that day I had just spent the past four consecutive days doing stuff for the podcast for like a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I... I did not have it in me. You're allowed. You're allowed. Well, no, 
Um, but I'll see what I can do about next week. Wait. You know what? So we had talked about. Sorry, I'm I'm going back a bit. Uh, we had talked about Prospero and coming off pretty good, but also all his testimony was uh, relayed in private and then discussed and censored and then presented in court. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Maybe- Good Any job. thoughts on that? Okay, okay. If you're allowed, that's what you should do in a trial. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Simply from a, a good trial trial perspective, uh, so it comes out in your favor. <laughs> yeah, he was lucky they let him because that's a huge advantage. But he he did all of the right stuff this entire time. Uh, Occam was was ready, and he just did his job. That's the great thing about Occam. Pretty consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He made a better OS than Sniper. Sniper does his does his job. Well, does he or does he get kidnapped (laughs) and plunge the world into war? (laughs) Remind me which which one is it? Look, you only got kidnapped twice. (laughs) Oh, all right then. Only got kidnapped. How many times did Occam get kidnapped? I don't know. As acting OS, probably a small amount. Probably. I think it is. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Occam was never kidnapped while acting as OS. In fact, I'm putting that on my questions list, too. I'd, I'd say that's a safe bet. Uh, but, you know, it was different times. Although we did learn that apparently the world had been on the edge of war for 13 years. So, uh yeah, and Sniper was kidnapped during the different times. Longer than 13 years. In this chapter, yeah, but it's... Yeah, um... he wasn't acting OS back then, so you know. Okay. He was uh... just famous dude. Like, oh, I guess they have no years. idea what OS was involved. When... Sniper was pretending to be OS the entire time. 13 no. years? What? He would follow Occam around with his real gun, just putting his hand on his fake taser and acting like it was a gun. No, I was LARPing as OS I think his entire life. Quite explicitly in the text, Sniper had realized, hey, I'm not going to be the person in charge. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to become the most famous person in the world. Uh, quite explicitly. And that's, yeah, that the first kidnapping was all about that. It had nothing to do with OS. I think Minecraft tries to read in conflict sometimes to make things, I don't know, read better. <laughs> But, like, we've never seen Sniper and Arkham and, and Prospero actually, like, have a fight or something. Maybe they're pretty on the same page the entire story. Yeah, and you always need to have um, a second to take over in case mm-hmm. something like this happens. And you didn't want it to be Thisbe, so... <laughs> it should not be Thisbe. It's a good thing they didn't give her the O name. Um, I, no, I she just... does have an O name. We we found that Austin. out a while ago. Yeah, Thisbe it's Austin. It's her middle Samir. name. Yeah. Oh, Attila. Oh, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Um, I just realized that it was 13 years. Um, because Minecraft. Because Minecraft. Right? The I Marcos mean, it's were, gotta be. The Marcos <laughs> were, go- were going to, like, had timed it down to, like, the year and, like, put things into place and Minecraft killed them, but it didn't work. <laughs> but this is also why I, I really jumping to the end of the chapter. I really agree with Gordian here, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, they were just putting off a war for 13 years. They put duct tape over the over the hole in the wall 
and try to pretend it wasn't there. And that's not actually a good thing to do. <laughs> I mean, better duct tape than I a think... flood. Well, yes, but you need to figure out something to fix that because there's no evidence that they were trying to get away from OS. Like, we've been with these people this entire time. No one was trying to find a better way than OS. Sure. But OS is such, like, a pain-free way. Until the duct tape rips. Like... Until the duct tape rips. <laughs> Until it's revealed. They could have done better than OS. OS is pretty good, but they could have done better. Mm-hmm. More importantly, they didn't try to do better. Uh, do you want to just read yes. through the opinions and see what we all think? Ooh. Okay. So. All right. Opinion. Hides can command lethal force since they can kill their own members if their law allows, as Masonic law does. What do we think? Yeah. yeah. That seems true. Probably. That's their law. Hives can command lethal, lethal force against members of the other hives and hiveless in some circumstances. So, uh, that tur- Apparently that is also true. Yeah, mm-hmm. seems so. Like, people Occam had the gun before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Current lines, a law specifies no clear limit. And Hive's right to leave real lethal force against members of other Hives and Hiveless. Sounds right from what we've seen. If those are all true, now, don't get me wrong, I will try to have more elaborate opinions than what our (laughs) constant minority opinion Masons say. (laughs) But the Masons are right that if these three things are true, all of the rest has to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a difference between no clear limits and no limits, right? Because the Mason opinion is, okay, so the next one down is, the court hereby orders the seven highest draft legislation acceptable to all hives, defining limits of hives' right to leave lethal force against members of other hives and to submit this legislation to the Alliance Senate. Minority opinion Mason, the right of sovereign powers to exercise lethal force is well established and requires no clarification. Um, mm-hmm. So first of all, well, so it being not well established does not mean there's no limits. And second of all, I want to note that in the Jalu's initial speech, uh, they declaim a whole bunch of concepts as fundamentally geographic and having no place in this discussion, but they do not limit themselves on sovereignty. Mm. Which yeah. is a geographic nation-state thing, and only came about really well. through the... Um, Starting with Westphalian peace and being developed through the various nation-state systems after the second and the first, uh, first and second world wars, right? So, back up, back. What, what in the Christ are you talking about? What? Sovereignty is not a post-World War concept. No, national you sovereignty. Have read defenses of sovereignty that predate the World Wars <laughs> by quite a bit. I said Westphalian, and I want to note that. Um, just on Martian notions of sovereignty that it extend that it gives belongs to a state that belongs to a nation state with very with strictly defined geographic borders and maybe a cultural identity all those things which we have some idea from uh, that it belongs to the people are developed between Westphalia and World War Two. I didn't know that I had to go and research this. Uh... <laughs> Which is making it difficult for me to cite things saying you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I am pretty, pretty comfortable that the sovereignty of the state was was a thing people were on board for going going back well before. I'm not the saying 1600s. people never thought that 
the state wasn't powerful. Um, various people say people thought various states were very, various levels of powerful, um, but the idea that other states can be sovereign, other than your own, I think is what's being developed between Westphalia. It's goosey developed at Westphalia and developed from then on. Hmm. Okay. I get it. If you think so, then. <laughs> <laughs> to the next opinion. Opinion. Homicide, the homicides committed by OS did, did violate a notorious and transparent hive law. Opinions. It turns out they didn't, though. <laughs> if it was so transparent, why are there no clear limits? Uh, hives can have laws that other hives don't necessarily have to follow. Yeah. Um, but also, I'm pretty think, sure... Mm-hmm. No, no, just coming back to that second opinion where uh, the hives can command lethal force against members of other hives is established as to protect priority con. Uh, priority targets and to save lives in emergency situations and so there seems that there is some idea of limitations on this they just haven't like written them out and so uh the opinion on this is saying that hey these weren't written out and established but it was quite transparent that it should not have happened regardless because we have a lot of unwritten rules uh I think it, it turns out that there, it, it is a written rule, but it's specifically Gordian. Like, specifically Gordian law is a, makes this illegal, but every other... Apparently a lot of other laws make it fine. I don't know if this is, like, actually a result of Gordian being the only hive to have a law that makes this illegal, or something that the Gordian got angry enough about this to, like, make a case for the Gordian law and no one else check cousin law or something. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out that, like, there was a law in Gordian that you... Uh, that has to be immediate, transparent, notorious and transparent, uh, that this is going to make things better. And it wasn't notorious, and it wasn't transparent. It wasn't this notorious. This why reading... the prosecution picked a Gordian judge, because mm. they knew that that law was in place, and they thought that would push things forward. Hmm. If you, I think you could comfortably make a case here that even though Gordians do specifically have a law protecting their citizenry mm-hmm. against um, being killed, mm-hmm. the second opinion that we all agreed on, like the problem with having so many conflicting laws is exactly this. Um, I Am I allowed to propose the notion that an act can be potentially against one hive's law, but probably fine under the alliance? Yes. What, like, I, I don't do, want right? to disagree. Right. I don't want to disagree that the Gordian law was broken here. Mm-hmm. I think I do want to disagree that the Gordian law being broken is necessarily a problem that means we can't then have OS operating for the humanists. I think that's true. I think that's like, if it, if it wasn't for this being like, if, if I don't know, Occam just violated some accounting law in... Um, <laughs> the Gordians had, this would be resolved in, like, just a regular tribunal that would try to balance the Gordians' interests against the humanist interests. Um, but I think that the fact that it did break a law is relevant to how this should all play out in terms of, like, the, the, the legislation. Like, one question is, is it relevant? And if it turned out that actually all the laws say it's fine... Is what relevant? Huh? The Gordian law. Because if it turns out... Is it relevant? Because if it turned out that OS didn't break anyone's homicide laws, then, like, that's an answer to the question. But it did break once. Yeah. Yeah. So, then, opinion. 
The homicides committed by OS after the year 2441 were mandated by the universal laws. I'm much less convinced of this one. Ooh. I think yeah. it's I think it's I think it's probably true. Um if they didn't do the murders, there would be a excessive loss of human life and loss of nature because of the war. Uh and so they had to keep doing the murders. Yeah. I think they had the right but not the obligation to continue doing the murders. You have an obligation to to follow loss. That's what makes them loss. That's why I'm disagreeing with the opi- thank you. <laughs> That's the point. So you, you don't think it, bro- it broke the universal laws. I do not think it should be a violation of the first law to stop doing OS. Why? Uh So I I want to discriminate between positive and negative actions here in a way that I think is going to leave me vulnerable to a lot of philosophical bickering. Um, and I will, I commit in advance to engage in this bickering uh, because I don't think okay. such a distinction exists. Great. So <laughs> then this isn't going to go well. Uh, I think, <laughs> um, I think that you, uh, that you, you don't have a positive right to having someone go and do murders for you, um, and that while they were doing the right thing by doing the murder, um, legally they they couldn't be forced to continue. Like that, if you if you interpret the universal laws that way, then that in, that introduces so many new constraints on the mm-hmm. potential things you can do. Yeah, and I I don't think that's an appropriate reading of the first law. Uh, well, I do agree with you. That f- means first law should be interpreted generously. Uh, I do think that. Choosing to not do the murders would th- which would then cause a uh, an unrestricted uh, loss of human life would well, that transparent- transparently it isn't immediate no not the- transparently that's the whole Gordian objection not transparent but uh, I think it's uh, true and I think it's, it doesn't need to be immediate the father doesn't talk about immediacy yes it does text just it's in the paragraph the like twice. First law, it is an intolerable crime to take an action likely to cause extensive, uncontrolled loss. Sorry, to what? Take an action. Great. Yeah. So choosing to not do the murder is an action. No, you're cheating. No. (laughs) They're not taking an action. That's an action. In fact. All things are actions. You can't not take an action. not taking an action. There's no such thing as a null action. Yes, there is. Like, legally, I'm pretty sure there literally Mm. is. What's the legal definition of a null action? And does it, like, is it the same they, across countries? I don't countries? think they call it that. Um, let me see if I can find it. In any case, I can just simply claim Terry Ignata and say we've moved past the antiquated rules of previous uh, civilizations. I'm trying to think of an actual legal example, and all I can think of is the final episode of Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was intended to be read as a joke not as yes. like a legal argument yes yes but uh thank you actually you're very much on my side with that one <laughs> no I, I i i i am not sure i'd have to go deeper into their laws on this one i don't know enough to come on a side i think i found here's the problem mm-hmm. um you need to use too many words that are also legal words to look this up so you get a bunch of unrelated unrelated stuff mm-hmm. mm, yeah when what is the 
fine. We should move on past this because <laughs> now we just are bickering. I don't think, I think the first law uh, makes it illegal to take an action to do something. I do not think it compels arbitrary action to avoid a thing. I don't think null actions exist. Well, you can have that opinion, but I don't think the first law has that opinion. I don't think... I think if the first law talks about null actions not existing, um, uh, I think if the first law... If we interpret the first law in the light of null actions not existing, uh, even if we read it generously, um, then OS knew that they were likely to... If they stopped, they would likely to uh, cause uncontrolled loss of human life and uncontrolled loss of nature. And so they couldn't. Okay. Next one. The universal laws give license to violate a hive's law only when there is no other way to obey the universal laws. I like to agree with this one. (laughs) Very well. Uh, well, it does imply that could be true. several things about how hive laws work. It means that hive, a hive law can, in some sense, bind me if I'm interacting with someone who's part of that hive. Well, and they're potentially violating their own hive law. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if humanist law says, so oh, you can murder anyone for any reason you like. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, but they didn't so- cite humanist law, them making humanist law in the, in the theater about hive laws. Sorry, they, they're of them violating a hive law. Well, also Mitsubishi and European, uh, so it might have been multiple hives. I can't remember if we've had a thing about who has issues with murder and not. I think everyone but has issues I, with murder. It's just how they define yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think so, Mitsubishi and humanists, Mitsubishi and, hu- and uh, Europeans can both duel. That's what it was. Yes, but assassination isn't a duel. Yes. <laughs> and also now, I wouldn't I call it think, assassination would I it's just murder I do think they were probably correct at the end of this opinion where they established that they should have tried to come up with a better system mm-hmm. they probably should have yeah yeah. and they didn't only because I mean that more is a moral judgment than a legal one though yeah they um it's interesting that like they didn't and they didn't they didn't partially because they wanted to keep a tool away from Adam and partially because they just wanted a tool to help themselves Wait, the, what? Like, at least um, Ganymede viewed the the OS as, like, his personal property, and he didn't want Europe or Mitsubishi interfering so much, but also didn't want, was the longest, went the longest in at Madame's without talking about it, even when other people started confessing. Mm. And, like, in practice, what, what, the, what making a better system would mean for... Post Madame is Madame gets to decide the system. Oh no, <laughs> that, <laughs> there, there are other ways I would say, but uh, they just had no evidence of trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't try stage. at all. Yeah, no. Uh, recommendation: No charges should be brought against Arkham Prospero Sonia for homicides carried out in their office as OS. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah, it seems. Yeah. Fine. Um, recommendation. Charges of homicide should be brought against the Mitsubishi and European hive leaders who distorted the mandate of OS. Since their hive members weren't targeted, which yeah, I think it's fair to <laughs> at least bring them to trial and figure out what they did wrong, if anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure. I guess. Mm-hmm. I am less on board. 
Uh, and then no recommendation. The tribunal has no recommendation about criminal charges to be brought against the humanist leaders responsible for commanding OS. Uh, and then we have three minority opinions. I liked the grave, the gray law one simply because it's like, okay, so for 13 years, we've been on the brink of war. But before that, mm-hmm. we need to charge those leaders. It's like, yeah, of course, those people are alive right now. Yeah. So we haven't, like, tried to bring those people into the discussion at all in the book. And it's fascinating to me that there are people out there who everyone knows did this thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just have What's happening to them? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> We can't just. It seems okay. like this is a bad time. Mm-hmm. It seems like this is a bad time for the Mason judge to be uh, taunting people with their right to retaliate with lethal force. That seems yeah. like a good right time. It's surprising he's to me the fact of with how like whatever sound... Mason does. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's not supporting his his sovereign, his emperor. And uh, now, look. I actually do think they have a really compelling point here about how, you know, with those first couple of long-standing establishments, all the rest of this is sort of quibbling, but fundamentally, we need to come on to some new system to handle hives killing other hives, as opposed to just hive members killing other hive members. Um, But they could have just said that and not said, and, you know, everyone should start doing murders today. Right now, because <laughs> no, give it again, just wait six months. Sovereign <laughs> powers, sovereign powers, and he's he's establishing the precedent. And I, I don't know what we're saying he, but I guess it's a Mason. Uh, establishing the precedent of whatever Mason chooses to do next. If Mason decides to start killing people, he wants it clearly out there that that's totally fine and legal. Yeah, um, it turns out that precedent was already set. Uh, as a so yeah, a note about but you want to. Keep supporting it. And also, because oh. I said so is all that Masons can say. So... <laughs> <laughs> they see they keep referencing a some set of laws that they follow. They say I it's presume that they're set of universe, laws that predate Rome. You could go look at what they are. <laughs> Maybe. But they also say the laws are permanent and also that Mason continues them at any time. So it's not clear like Do they say that? Several times. Yeah, Mason Both can do the laws whatever are Mason and changing. Yeah. And that Mason changes them whenever he feels like. At separate points, but yeah, they do say both of those things. Both are true, because in the moment they are permanent and unchanging, <laughs> but Mason could change his mind, and then those new set of laws are permanent and unchanging. They, those old laws were uh, also carved in the walls of Uruk by the first emperor, birth from God, you know? Like, yeah, they're losing me there. I need to really figure out a timeline of what on earth is going on with these Mason laws I keep hearing so much about and getting so few of. They're lies. In in the sense that all laws are lies, no, sure. No, laws no. aren't lies. What? Um, no, no, no. The they're laws written aren't down lies. The somewhere. History. The People history have seen the laws. <laughs> I bet, like, they just have, like, recommendations based on the laws and they say that actually it's based on some secret, unchanging law. That we should write down these these set of rules, or the, this set of a committee should do what such and such to write some recommendations for our tax code, and um, but this is just fully just okay. But but what are they? Because there are Masons in the universe, mm-hmm. and I do not believe that no Mason has ever wondered 
what are the Masonic laws and then looked them up. No, no, no. They, which they is do sort have of laws. what you're presenting. No. They have laws, mm-hmm. but Mason, the ruler of Mason, not, you know, all caps Mason, can change those laws at any time. The only thing that Mason, cap, all caps, needs to stick to is the oath. Right? We got that in previous chapter? Yes. Yeah. But then even that Mason changes that oath by three words. So the oath is changing, but that's the one law that Mason has, and no one's ever seen it. Oh, that makes it not bullshit. But also, like, the key... It's sort of ridiculous. Okay, I have more respect for the Masons in terms of truth-telling and less respect for their legal acumen. Um, Hang on. <laughs> Did you not think Mason had to obey the oath? No, that's not one. I, th- I didn't realize the oath was literally the only law the Masons had. Well, I'm sure they have other laws for everybody else. But it's, it's but not the unshingle, they- unchanging law from Uruk. No. Presumably. What was the thing written... Something's written, carved into stone somewhere that everyone can go and look at. No, no one can go and look at it, because no one's allowed to look at the oath. No, not the oath. We've had reference to a... The first... Carving it into stone does seem like something Mason would do with an oath. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Is that what it was? I have been very much under the impression that they had written down their laws and posted them on a wall somewhere. I mean, they have the laws. Am I hearing for, that isn't true? I think there's the. So e- they have the laws for the general members, and those can change at any time according to the emperor, because because I said so is Mason. Like on an uh, obelisk in Alexandria, apparently they say something about like no one can read the oath. Yeah, that and the and oath no one can maybe. Ta- no one, no one can talk about who might be the future emperor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have various things, but also the current emperor could probably change that provided that isn't established in the oath. And we can't ask about the oath, so we don't know if it's established there. Yeah. Well, you can ask about the oath. You just can't get an answer. You you can't (laughs) ask about the, uh... The The new emperor, but you're allowed to ask about the oath. He's not allowed to tell you, but he is allowed to speak in generalities. Um... And it could be lies. Yeah. Because he doesn't have to tell you the truth. Could be. I'm getting annoyed with the vagueness of this this whole Masonic law system, which otherwise seemed like they someone other than me had figured out what it was. And uh, I, I wish the book would just tell me. <laughs> but the whole thing with laws is, is they can change yeah. at any time. It's just Masons have chosen that the way their laws can change is strictly by emperor. And for any reason, like, there doesn't have to be a reason. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Cousin Law, which has a lot of loopholes, but it's loopholes for everyone, rather than just loopholes for the one guy who runs the thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those are all written down yeah. and laid out and then can be changed according to however. But Mason's it's just the emperor who gets to change the law at any time. But why hasn't anyone written it down is my, my objection. You probably have. I'm sure they have. Why not? The, the, the oath was written down. How do you think the people stole it? Well, but there's also other... You know what? I, we can't... I see what's <laughs> no, no. happening here. We're going to have another four-hour recording. Um, <laughs> talking about Mason Someone law. should ask the Masons to write down what all of their laws are, and then just no. put it in a book somewhere. No, no, I'm sure Just so everyone why? can check. Wait, 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 why are we saying that they're unwritten? Because I'm sure they're written down, because otherwise... But they just don't have the capital... Letters law for the capital letters Mason written down except that one place which no one else is supposed to see. Mm-hmm. 
What I've been hearing from most of the preceding conversation has been approximately. The Masons, like, pretty much don't even have laws. No one can know what the Mason laws are or aren't. Uh, and everyone just hopes for the best and wishes that the Emperor doesn't drop the hammer on them for nebulous unknown reasons. No, which, they like, have, they have laws, is bad. But they can be changed if that's at the any system, time. it is bad. <laughs> I think the Masons have, like, a tax code someplace that they don't call a law. I think they have a relatively few things they call a law. One of them is the oath. One of them is the don't talk with the parents And one of them... Now, wh- where are you getting that? Uh, there's a comment at some point in... Chapter after the Street of Senator. Lex will prohibit. Yeah, Lex prohibit. One second. I feel like the Masons, through this story, have been referencing... A, like, what sounded like really specific laws... That Masons all knew what they were. Well, yes, I'm sure. Like, you have to, otherwise it's ridiculous. I agree. This is sounding ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) 116. Uh, In the world of battle, Lex Brookhebit, the law forbids. Mason's woods were stony as the obelisk in Alexandria, where the grim law stands inscribed in all languages, in all the great languages of the ancient age, when it supposedly was carved. Lex prohibit discussion of the imperative destinatus. This is your second warning. There will not be a third. Well, yes, they've written that one law into an obelisk, but that's because that's the law. Yeah. And I'm sure he could still erase it if he wanted, but why would you? Uh, that doesn't at all suggest that there aren't other laws. That no. There's just, this is one that he's talking about in that sentence. Yeah. The number at some point there was an early discussion of there being like an unchanging law. They've mentioned it a few times that the the Masonic code of law is older than law itself. Yeah, and that sounds like there is one, right? But but also sounds nonsense, right? But 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 well, also I feel like that law like is talking about the ultimate law, the Mason's oath. Yeah, that sounds because like a, yeah. Otherwise, you know, law changes that's what it does especially if you've got a dictator like either it's bullshit or it's the oath it's like not really other options (laughs) okay but you can (laughs) have you can have your unchanging oath that's been passed down through all time Mm -hmm. and then also have a a system of laws that people can know what they are yes these are two separate things they're two separate things two separate things we call one regulation and one law typically Okay. Yeah. Are you telling me mm-hmm. that you believe the Masons mm-hmm. have one law mm-hmm. and then just fucking black law style <laughs> regulations except one dude might murder you at any time? No, typically no. we call one a constitution and the other one a uh, laws, but the Masons are being self-important. Okay, but you, are, you do think there are laws. I do think there are laws. Actually, you know what's occurring to what? me? There's only like... <clears throat> four chapters left in this book. <laughs> I, I don't think this comes up in the next page and a half. No. You don't know what you're talking about. What? I know, I... I, I am now qualified. <laughs> and I say, obviously they have laws. Yes, I agree they have laws. Great. My, but the thing they talk about when they say law is probably just the oath and also the Imperial Destinatus thing. Like, it's not a long list, because it has to be unchanging. Because they keep saying it's unchanging. I think that probably there are corollary laws that 
go along with the oath. Those ha- um, have to but, change. Well, it depends on what they are, though. Does it? How about, uh, you're, yeah, how long is the oath? You're not allowed to tell people about the oath. <laughs> that, that there's there's a good example of a corollary law, right? I do think that, like, they, there's, like, the, the oath and a couple other law, laws that they can plausibly enforce and don't need to change ever. Um, and the Mason can just do whatever for the rest. It's, those are dictum absolutums, and those dictum absolutums govern the rest of the Mason's life. Just tell him what, how he pays his tax, how they pay their taxes, um, etc. Yeah, that's that's a much more reasonable version of governance, though. Yeah, than what I what you've been pitching to. That's me. not that's what yeah. I meant. Uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's a lot less crazy than than the conversation I thought we were having. You thought the, you described it as as the Masons just have an emperor who can murder them all, and also just do black law style things, just like black laws, but worse because there's a guy who can murder you at any time. You can't retaliate against. Uh, and I do I don't agree know why, where you got that impression. And I do agree <laughs> that the Masons are worse than black laws, but not for this reason. <laughs> okay, fine. Th- then, then until new information arises. The Masons still sound like they have some coherent thing going on. I just don't know what it is yet. I I hope that's something we learn more about. You don't need to know the day-to-day laws of them. You just need to know the vibe. <laughs> just the vibe <laughs> along with the Masons. I'd like more details, actually. <laughs> uh, is this legal? Well, you vibe what? with it. Getting well, back to this chapter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what about we, we the did, chapter? We didn't talk about the interruptions. First, the Apollo interruptions, mm-hmm. and then the actual interruption to Mycroft's narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. Those were big and important, too. Yeah. Um, well, we I have notes about them. <laughs> yeah, let's lift your notes. Okay. Utopians haven't been alone since uh, the war started. I think that checks out. What are the Utopians... Why not, though? I mean, they haven't been alone for 13 years since Mycroft murdered one of them. So, yeah. yeah. That's... Two of them. One Wait, of them. No, no. Sane wasn't a utopian, only Apollo. Oh, that's right. Oh. Well, yeah. in any case, having the backup didn't help Apollo. Well, Apollo went to save Sane, so there was no backup. Oh, uh, that's why it's uh, four, you know? What if there were four, double the amount of utopians? Yeah. I think it's more just like so no one gets kidnapped again by a serial killer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and then which, also you know, like the utopians are big about def- you know defeating death, so mm-hmm. that was their answer to serial killers. So yeah, oh probably yeah actually I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It seems like their answer could be defeated by a serial killer team. Probably also this <laughs> that exists too. Yeah, but one existed. He in fact. It did. <laughs> they were dealing with one at the time. There was Mycroft and his pet dog. Yep, yep. I don't think the beauty episodes haven't gone out yet, so you don't know that uh, Liam isn't joking. He thinks Alan is a dog. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Everything checks out with the dog theory. It's it's not the craziest um, reading. It would make the sexual interactions very uncomfortable, but uh, sure. It, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it wouldn't. Um, but I also know what book I've been reading 
Oh, that's not even the best so, part. Apollo... The skin. So, but also, Saladin, you know, if this turns out to be true, I'm going to have to eat, like, my hat or something. But, um, because if <laughs> putting this out... You've been parading this about to our guests. I have, but it's so good. Opportunity. <laughs> um... So Saladin has Mycroft's skin, right? What? Yeah, oh, this is a whole oh, thing. Oh, from the, from the grafting. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did you think I meant? <laughs> and I had no like, idea. Like, just as a, as a toy? <laughs> no, your, your, your theory is like you have a, like a human-skinned dog, Saladin. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how much fur is left. Um, and I don't want to look into how much fur a dog would lose in an explosion. Yeah. Probably all, but yeah. But we know there's at least some, because Saladin uses special shampoo. But mostly human skin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to argue that theory. Run with it. Have fun. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> I wouldn't go with fun. You've, you've already noted a few really troubling elements of it. But I... <laughs> I think it's true. I think it's true, yeah. It, it explains a lot of the weird Saladin stuff that's been going on ever since Saladin started. I, I don't think that Papadelius would be satisfied with Mycroft had a dog helping him. Yeah. but Because he wasn't satisfied with that before when Mycroft talked about his dog. But that's, that's the only thing I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. This was brought up last episode. <laughs> Okay, so interruptions by Apollo. Mm-hmm. Yes, Apollo wants apparent apparently Mycroft's hallucination of Apollo wants Mycroft to tell the whole truth about what happened to the world. Yep, and the most disturbing moment for me mm-hmm. is when Apollo's talking to him, and Mycroft says to us, there was a taste in my mouth, a meat taste. And it's like, oh, he's just remembering eating him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> oh, I didn't put that together at all. <laughs> yeah. Very, um, very dismayed moment. Where like, um, when Apollo asks Minecraft if he did it, and Minecraft answers mostly. And so now you wonder what, yeah. what did Minecraft keep from us? Well, we've gotten more sense about what Apollo was doing. Mm-hmm. He could have just told us more in book two. Well, I don't know if they adjusted. I don't know if Doctor Palma adjusted the text after the after the um, split of the first book. What? Oh, uh, no! I mean, book. Sorry, book three in this yes. one. They, he, he's. We've learned more since. Ah, uh, yes. <sighs> I don't care for the book one, book two divide. I don't even really remember what had happened anymore. The revelation of OS. Yeah. What else was going on then, though? Kalahal just uh, the... left the um, left the service of uh, Cabal to go to uh, Paris. Dominic, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Salad had just gotten bitter. So I have a note that says "What happened?" question <laughs> mark and. <laughs> Oh, not- well, that would... I don't know if I wrote this as no, a No, 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 that's page 297. That, that's when there's the big interruption, and Mycroft is freaking out about oh. something that happened. So yes. it makes sense. what happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what do you think happened? 
I think the book wants us to believe that it's the Ganymede stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't find it very satisfying. How would it be the Ganymede stuff? Yeah, because this is in the this is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, the sky is falling, irreparable absolute, no solution. Ashes, ashes, all fall down. Mycroft's pretty upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So something happens in a month. That is a really big deal. And I find it odd that in one part he says, "Why did they have to be so kind?" And then another part they say, "Will us a kinder war?" So someone was very kind, and that makes the war less kind. I've got nothing. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Just if you had any theories. I do love how it just, the reader in there is like, okay, get back to the point. What happened to Occam? And so it's finally just this line, oh, Occam goes free. Yeah. We're, we're done with the trial. <laughs> That's not important anymore. I can just imagine my kind of copy pasting the results from like the trial page or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was Mason and Jehovah who take him to Romanova. Yeah. And he just got back, so he's back in Alexandria, presumably. That's where he'd been writing all this. So yeah, something interrupts everything, and suddenly the trial doesn't matter. I, much like so many other times during this book, (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to hate myself when I find this one. (laughs) But I don't even have a good theory as to what could have happened. We know Mason is off trying to hunt down and murder some people. This is still pre-Olympics, right? Uh, what date was this one put together? August 17th uh, and 18th. August, August 18th. So when did the Olympics start? Had they started? Sorry, I haven't read the previous chapter super carefully. I no, so. I haven't started. No. And... Oh! Uh, they were supposed to start opening ceremonies August 22nd. And so ha- okay, something so happens on August 18th. So, so close. Okay, here's my pitch, because I've, I've got to get something out. Um, they've killed Sniper. Does... Who killed Sniper? The person who kidnapped them, or...? The person who kidnapped Sniper kills. Someone was too kind... Uh No, I can't I can't come up with a single coherent thought on this. So whoever kidnapped Sniper has killed Sniper. Um I was I was going to loop that into maybe that's what was going on with the uh the previous chapter when Martin was making progress. Was Sniper involved in the bombing at the Sanctum Sanctorum? Um mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, that it doesn't explain why they're not doing anything now. I got nothing. No, no good ideas. Hopefully I get one more clue and not the answer in the next chapter. I also want to point out crossed. in the first episode of The Will to Battle, you guessed that the war would start on August 13th. Oh, yeah. So, pretty close. Was I close? Well, I mean, if August 18th is the actual start of the war, you were five days. Hey, I was pretty close. But we'll see if that's the start of the war. I mean, it feels like it based on how Mycroft's reacting. Yeah. Everything has seemed like it. Uh, <laughs> I'll take that. If I if I was within five days, then I'll, I'd be happy with that. Uh, anything else we need to get into? Let me see. Um, I have a note on what the Mason was doing. Fine, these are good. Utopians. Oh, I've been forgetting to get into this for like a long time. For like the past four chapters, 
I've been nursing a pet theory that Mycroft has some sort of cancer or terminal, probably neurodegenerative disease. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh. Because I think that would explain a lot of the stuff going on with him. It doesn't tie into anything that happened here. I have been copying it over from my last episode's notes just for a really long time. So I'm I'm getting it on the record now. Uh, Only other thing I have is Thisbia's right and OS worked better when they didn't stand up after the fact and announce themselves to the world because they loved being a celebrity. (laughs) To be fair, uh, I think Sniper was trying... Everyone knew about OS at that point. I think at that point, Sniper was trying to go for getting gain credibility and gain buy-in from people rather than, strictly speaking, uh, an effective assassination qua assassination. Although... If 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 Jehovah had died, it would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you gotta see at the very end of the series, to be sure, but... Yeah. And frankly, I think... I, I, I think we, we can't have Jehovah dead, or we don't get a war, and we need a war. So. Because of Providence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know, somewhat because of Providence, somewhat... Everything in this story is because of Providence. Um, it was literally scripted. <laughs> so, you know. But also somewhat because I, I do buy into Apollo's theory. Pretty much whole cloth. Apollo is right. Cool. And if you want to get to Mars, we need to have I'm a war. I'm worried that this means Apollo is soon going to say something like, hey, the most qualified possible leader is someone who is easily disoriented by, <laughs> I don't know, digital screens but we'll see how that goes <laughs> and we can't necessarily trust anything that apollo is saying in mycroft's head just what we see from the past right mm-hmm. making it clear which apollo we would trust mm-hmm. versus i mostly trust both of them <laughs> oh. so that means you're you're trusting mycroft now I mostly, no, I only <laughs> kind of trust Mycroft. Uh, I mostly trust his hallucin. I think Mycroft has a good brain. I just think it's betraying him at this point. <laughs> so Mycroft's hallucinations, I actually do pretty substantially trust. Um, okay. Which I doesn't like mean I trust Mycroft's words <laughs> when they're his own. Anything else we need to get into before we round out the episode i think that generally covers i mean we talked only briefly about the messages sent to everybody which was a great pr move Mm -hmm. but it was yeah well we got sidetracked in whether or not that counted as part of the trial (laughs) yeah (laughs) do you have anything in particular to to bring us out on uh, amy uh i could potentially although it's I saw the other day a show called Jane Ang- Anger. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Nope. Uh, neither had I or anyone I saw the show with. And we were all dismayed because we're all generally English majors and interested in feminism. And she published a pamphlet in 1589, basically in defense of women and talking about how men will mistreat women and then write about women. And it's all bullshit. It's rather mm-hmm. fascinating. Uh, I I could read from some of that, or because I haven't actually read up on it much yet. So here's here's the thing about that. Um, do we want to make the political statement that we think feminism 
is so boring. <laughs> we need to stop talking about it. What? <laughs> it's not like, like as a the- podcast. <laughs> is that a stance we're willing to? No, it's adopt. not that it's boring. It's just, hey, here's an interesting thing that you need to go off and read on your own because it's far too long for me to read in its entirety. Uh, so I'm gonna try to like angle the read. Like sometimes we, I, I sometimes I choose these not just to bore them, but also to like to uh, as a deliberate snub for the audience. Okay, but to be to be super clear, leave this sentence in. This is this is one of those times. Please, God, don't cancel me over this. <laughs> I've said plenty on this podcast. I'm willing to be canceled over. Just. Not this one. <laughs> all right. Okay. Take us out uh, then. All right. To all women in general and gentle reader whatsoever, fie on the falsehood of men whose minds go off to matting and whose tongues cannot be soon wagging, but straight they follow railing. Was there ever any so abused, so slandered, so railed upon, or so wickedly handled, undeservedly, as are we women? Will the gods permit it, the goddesses, stay their punish, punishing judgments, and we ourselves not pursue their undoings for such devilish practices? O Paul's steeple and Charing Cross, a halter hold all such persons. Let the streams of the channels of London streets run so swiftly as they may be able alone to carry them from that sanctuary. Let the stones be as ice, the soles of their shoes as glass, the ways steep like Etna, and every blast a whirlwind.